0: Good to see all of you here today, appreciate you coming out uh, for the time we've got together and uh, one of my my favorite things to do. Uh, We're in a sermon series called What God Wants to Do for You, and last week Pastor Ryland kicked off the series by uh, looking, we're looking at our deepest needs in life, and we determined uh, last week that we have a deep need for hope and that God meets our need for hope uh... through his presence in our lives and uh... we we need jehovah shama uh... the god who is always there to be with us and uh... this uh... message today we're gonna uh, look at the our deep need for strength uh... we have a need for power uh, where do we find the remedy for the powerlessness Uh, that so many of us feel in our lives where do we get the power to live in today's crazy uh, but very real world Uh, in a world where uh, life is a constant struggle and the Bible teaches that you and I we don't have to live powerless lives Uh, God says I want you to have my power today and every day even in the midst of the struggle And God doesn't want us just to talk about His power. God wants us to access His power. Uh, Look at 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Read this last phrase with me. It is living by God's power. Say that phrase again. It is living by God's power. Each week in this series, as we talk about what God wants to do for you, Uh, we're looking back into the Old Testament to a name that God uh, used to refer to himself. We're looking back at how God revealed himself uh, to the Hebrew people. And what we're going to find at the end of the series is is that every deep need that you and I have is met, it's answered by one of the names that God gives himself. And so today we're going to see that one of his names is El Shaddai. Else should I I am your all powerful God and God knew that we would need his power in our lives God knew that we would live powerless lives apart from him and therefore he says I'm the answer to your need I am your all-powerful God one of the places where God reveals his name uh, is in his interaction with Abraham and before God uh, changed His name to Abraham, he was called Abram. And we see this in Genesis 17, 1 through 2. It says, when Abram was 99 years old. Now, now just let that number sink into your head for just a minute, okay? Uh, Abraham is 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. And then God proceeded to do powerful works in Abram's life now most of us don't question God's power we we don't we know that God is powerful we step outside look at this incredible uh, world that we call Earth we look up into the skies we see the Sun the moon the stars the planets we readily see God's power and so most of us would completely agree with Jeremiah the prophet who prayed this Jeremiah 32 17 ah, sovereign Lord you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm nothing is too hard for you and like Jeremiah we have those same thoughts we we look at the night sky we look at the fall colors the change of the seasons we look at a new baby don't you love to look at a new baby you know we look at a grandchild we we go to the mountains we go to the beach we buy beautiful landscapes and hang pictures of them in uh, in our homes And, and we say God is powerful he's almighty he's El Shaddai we don't question that what you and I question is is God's power available to me and if it is how do I access it how do I get it those are the questions that we have and I just want to say emphatically confidently to you today from my own life experience and more importantly from the testimony of God's Word yes you can have God's power in your life he promised it and it's true and I could point you to several things in my life that I wouldn't have been able to accomplish wouldn't have been able to do or finish or overcome without El Shaddai in my life Ephesians three twenty says now all glory to God who is able and look at this phrase through his mighty power at work within us through his mighty power at work within us God is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think and so today I want to look at four promises that God gives us where God says I'll give you my power when and the Bible has far more than four but this will pretty much eat up our time today and I've tried to pick ones that are relevant okay so when can I count on God's power number one when I'm tired I can count on God's power when I'm tired now I don't have to ask you if you're tired I can tell by looking at you that you are tired boy last night Saturday night that crowd was wiped out okay (laughs) you guys look a little more refreshed but maybe But, you know, I I can hear it in people's voices when I have a conversation with them. I know you're tired because we're living in 2022. Today our motto is, why stop and smell the roses when you can drive right through them? I mean, you know, we live in a fast-paced world. and Obviously, there are some things that you and I can try to do to slow down the pace. But there are lots of things we can't do. And the pace of life is largely beyond our control. And so in the midst of our our striving to survive this rapid pace, God promises us that he'll give us his power when we're tired. Look at Isaiah 40, 28, and 29. He says, have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And some of you, you need to remember that verse. You need to remember that verse through the day, when you lie down at night. You need to memorize the verse. I'd encourage you to write it on a post-it note, put it on the bathroom mirror, put it on your dashboard, put it on your workstation, shave it into the side of your dog, whatever you got to (laughs) do to keep that truth in front of you. God's power is unlimited he never gets tired he never gets weary he never slumbers or sleeps he has unlimited energy he created the universe and said what's next that's how powerful God is you grow tired and weary God doesn't and when you go to sleep God is still awake and God is still working one of my favorite times throughout the day is when I I I lay down in bed at night and I put my head on my pillow And I just say, God, here you go. And I just go to sleep, knowing that he's got it. He's got this. I just turn it all over to him. God's power is available when I'm tired. When can I count on God's power? Number two, when I've got nothing to offer. When I have nothing to offer. Another way to say that is when you feel inadequate. You know, do you walk into situations where you feel inadequate? Maybe you feel inadequate when when you sit down to to close a deal or or when you're given a job or a task at work that's overwhelming, or uh, you know, you need to talk to your kids about something difficult. Those, Those times are intimidating. We can feel inadequate. The Apostle Paul understood that. He he faced times in his life that were just extremely difficult. Paul had what he called a thorn in the flesh. And he doesn't tell us what it is, but we know it was some sort of physical ailment that, that was just making him weak and made him feel like he didn't have the strength that he needed to go on. And so the Bible tells us, Paul tells us, that he asked God three times. He prayed and asked God, please remove this thorn in the flesh. And God said, no, I'm not going to do that. Because my power will show up when you are weak. Paul said to God, I got this affliction. Will you take it away from me? Look, look at 2 Corinthians 12. Jesus said, I am with you. Uh, uh, Jehovah Shammah, God is always present. I am with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. I'm El Shaddai. My power shows up when you were weak. And Paul said, now I'm glad to boast about how weak I am. I'm glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. And so when you feel inadequate, when you feel like you have nothing left to offer, God promises to infuse you with His power so you can become a living testimony, a living demonstration of Christ's power in your weakness. Number three, I can count on God's power when I'm in pain. When I'm in pain. One of the things I've learned at this stage of my life is everyone is in pain. Everyone is in pain. It may be a hidden pain. It may be an unspoken pain. Uh, Some of the deepest pain in people's lives are are the pain that we just never know anything about. And you can think in in your own life, you probably talk about your pain much less than you are afflicted by it. And that's true of the people that are around you. Uh, Some of the pain in this room is very, very real and very, very hard. Uh, Some of it is bodily pain you know you have some thorn in the flesh some affliction that you live with and it looks like tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you're still gonna have it that's pain some of us come from broken families or marriage situations that's painful some of us are in less than ideal work situations that can be painful some of us have recently lost loved ones that's a pain some of us have constant financial financial pressures that causes pain Some of us parents are watching our kids make self-destructive decisions. That's pain. I'll just tell you with conviction. You can walk through the deepest, darkest valleys of life because God's power and strength will be with you and will help you make it to the other side. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God promises us power in the midst of pain. Psalm 41.3 God blesses those who are kind to the poor. He helps them out of their troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them and destroys the power of their enemies. He nurses them when they are sick and soothes their pains and worries. I can count on God's power to ease my pain. Number four. I can count on God's power when I'm tempted when I'm tempted uh, maybe you've seen the bumper sticker I, I have it, it says lead us not into temptation I'm perfectly capable of finding it on my own okay? and I, I can relate to that and so temptation comes into our life and we feel that we're at the mercy of temptations power Apostle Paul understood this in Romans seven eighteen. He says, I often find that I have the will to do good, but not the power. I got the will to do the right thing. I just don't have the power to do the right thing. Now, temptation is inevitable. But God won't let us be tempted beyond his power to handle it. And he's promised that I, I can't resist temptation in my own power. But God is faithful and he gives us the power to say no when we're tempted. Paul the same guy who wrote Romans 7 wrote 1 Corinthians 10 he says no temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear but God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance he will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will never be impossible for you to bear it. The promise is this, there is always a way out of temptation. Here's the question. Do you take it? God gives you the power, the way out. Do you take it? That's the question. So the bottom line on these four promises, God is saying, I am El Shaddai, I am your all-powerful God. When you're tired, I want to give you my power. When you feel inadequate, I want to give you my power. When you face devastating hurt, I want to give you my power. When you are tempted, I want to give you my power. We do not have to live powerless, weak lives. Philippians 4, Apostle Paul wrote this. Let's read this one together. I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me by the power that Christ gives me now God's power is not automatic a lot of Christians live uh, their life with no more power than a non-Christian they may have salvation they may be on the way to heaven and, and God's presence is in their lives but they live without God's power because they are not plugged into the power source so I want to give you three action steps that you can take to plug into to God's power source. And on your notes, I've listed them as A, B, C. They're not as easy as the ABCs, okay? That's just a way to help you remember them. So A, if you're going to receive God's power, you must admit you're weak. You've got to admit that you are weak. And often we we think, no, I can do this. The Lord helps those who help themselves. Well, that's not in the Bible. Benjamin Franklin said that, bless his heart. God never said that. God said, no, you can't help yourself. You're helpless if you try and do it on your own. You need my power in your life. And God, you know, we think we can do it on our own, but God says no. And God gives us a certain way to handle our relationships. He gives us a way to handle our finances. He gives us a way to treat our bodies. And we say, eh, you know, I think I know a better way. And when we pretend to be self-sufficient, the key word is pretend, we short-circuit God's power for our lives. And so if you want to access God's power in your life, you need to drop to your knees and admit that you are weak. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Humility attracts the power of God. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 29, 23. Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings power. So if you want God's power in your life, you've got to call shotgun. You've got to move out of the driver's seat and you've got to say, Jesus you take the wheel I'm lost I don't know where I'm going I don't have any power I step on the gas we go nowhere but you take control and I admit that I'm weak B is I be connected to the source of power be connected to the source of power another thing I've learned at this stage of life things work better when they're plugged in and I've learned that from years of trying to fix things, only to find that they're not broken, they're just not plugged in. I'll be honest, I've had repairmen come to the house to fix something and say, uh, it's not plugged in. Okay? And so, you've got, you know, if you try to make toast without plugging in the toaster, all you're going to get is stale bread and I don't care how good-looking that toaster is I don't care what that toaster cost I don't care if the toaster grew up in the church kitchen all its life it's not gonna work if it's not plugged in and neither are you neither are you you and I work best when we're plugged into the creator of the universe and you may be a Christian but you've got to stay plugged in and that is not a decision that you make once in your life and you're done living in the power of Christ is a decision that is made moment by moment decision by decision it's a way of life and even as a believer you can unplug yourself from the power of Christ by making ungodly decisions and doing things on your own agenda we choose to go our go our own way and then we expect God to give us the power to do it why would God supernaturally renew your strength so you could do something he doesn't want you to do in the first place it just doesn't make any sense and Jesus understood this this connection theory and he gives us a word picture in John 15 he says remain in me and I will remain in you that that's be plugged in be plugged in for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me yes I am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing now you may say well it just seems so hard to get plugged into a relationship with God but the Bible tells us that God stands at the door and knocks God is right there. He's not far away. God is Jehovah Shama. He is the God who is there. He is the God who is present. He's standing right there. He's knocking. He's waiting for you to open the door. And and that's why Rockbrook Church exists. We exist to help you get plugged in and stay plugged in to a relationship with God. We work diligently to get you into God's Word every day, to help you break free from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, to get connected in a small group that will pray with you and for you, to get you on a dream team where you can discover your your design and discover the purpose for which God will give you the strength to fulfill. You've got to stay connected to the power source. And then C, you've got to choose God's way. Choose God's way with faith, that God's power will show up. The Bible makes it very clear that God's power and my faith are connected. For me to get God's power, I've got to step out in faith. That's what it means to choose God's way. It means you step out in obedience to do what God calls you to do before the power shows up and that's the key word before you mean I have to take action and act as if I have the power even before I have the power in order to get the power exactly exactly that's where faith comes into play and God says that according to your faith it will be done unto you so B and C work very closely together when I'm connected with God, my choices become clearer. I did not say they become easier, but they become clearer when I'm connected with God, doing the right thing. And then I choose God's way, and God says, Okay, now my power is going to show up. He sees our faith and He turns on the power. And the Bible is filled from cover to cover with event after event of this principle. You choose God's way. And God's power shows up you choose your way you're on your own now Pharaoh was the leader of Egypt and and he the, the Israelites have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years generations in a terrible situation for the Israelites God's chosen people and so God sends Moses representing God representing God's people he sends Moses to Pharaoh to say let my people go God wants them out of slavery. God wants them out of Egypt. He wants them free and in the promised land. Pharaoh keeps saying, no, no, not going to do it. So God sends a series of plagues on Egypt. He sends darkness. He sends blood. He sends flies, frogs, boils. The plagues keep getting worse and worse until finally God sends the death angel to swoop over the land and kill the firstborn child in every home. And after that 10th terrible plague... Pharaoh puts up his hand, and says to Moses, get those people out of here. Get them out of here. And Moses marches the Israelites out of Egypt. Now imagine being slaves for years, and now you're free. And they're marching, and they're dancing, and they're singing their way out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh realizes, what did I just do? he starts thinking about all the slaves all the free labor who's gonna make the bricks in the sun who's going to do all the things that make Egypt great and so he calls up the Egyptian National Guard and he says I want you to go get them and he takes off with his troops imagine you're an Israelite you're singing you're dancing you're marching to freedom and suddenly you hear that the Egyptian army is pressing down on you and all of a sudden in front of you is the Red Sea blocking your escape and so, in Exodus 14, the Israelites said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. See, the, the, the devil in the world always give you two options, worse and worser. And then expect you to pick one. You know, is it better to be a slave or is it better to be dead here? Pick one. And God always has a third option. God says, no, you don't have to pick between those. You need to pick the God option. Moses told the people, don't be afraid, stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you today. And in verse 15, God says to Moses, tell the Israelites to move on. And they stepped out in faith, and God parted the Red Sea. And the Israelites walked across on dry ground. The Egyptians came in and the waves crashed down and destroyed them. Do not remain in slavery. Don't go back to slavery. By faith, move on. You ever find yourself thinking, my powerless life is better than stepping out in faith. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, watch what God will do. Move. Step out in faith, and God's power arrives as they take that step of faith. And so the principle is, is that you choose God's way, step out in faith, and God's power shows up. Moses didn't know how God was going to intervene until he trusted in God's power and kept walking. Now, if you're like me, and I know I am, I don't want power along the way. I want power before I go. I want power before the crisis. I want power before the showdown. I want power before the ocean's edge. And if I were to give God a performance review, this is an area where I would tell him he could improve. (laughs) He needs to give me the power before I step out in faith. But the Bible teaches that God supplies power according to our faith. You admit you're weak, you get connected to the source of power, you choose God's way in faith, and God's power will show up. I step out, I start walking in the direction of Christ. I take faith steps in obedience to do what God has called me to do. And that's when I see God's power show up. You know, if you're a parent, Monday after work, come home, you're worn out, you're fatigued, and maybe you don't want to play with your kids, and maybe you don't want to talk to your spouse, you just want to go in, nobody bug me, leave me alone. Maybe what you need to do is sit in the driveway for a minute and just admit, God, I am worn out. I am tired. I am weak right now. But I'm going to go in this house and I'm going to act as if I have your power and your strength. And I'm going to love my spouse and I'm going to love my kids the way you want them loved because you've entrusted them to my care. And God, I expect your power to show up because I'm trusting you in faith. We do the possible with faith that God will do the impossible. Now, are these steps easy? No, they're not easy. But they're good steps. And when you move in the direction that God wants you to take, his power will show up. Now, this power that we're talking about, there's another condition that I haven't told you about, and that is you don't get the power without the person. You don't get the power without the person. And the person is Jesus Christ person is Jesus Christ and if you've never opened up your life to Jesus Christ maybe you've gone to church your entire life but you've never called shotgun you've never let go of the steering wheel maybe it's time for you to just say Christ come in give me the power that I need to live my life because I'm stepping out in faith. Let's pray together God else should I? thank you for loving us you love us because you created us and you're calling us to be your children and you desire for us to live in your presence you desire for us to live by your power Lord we're so thankful that we don't have to live powerless lives we're thankful that we can live a life infused with your supernatural divine unlimited power God thank you that you care enough about us to give us that incredible gift and God I pray today that as we go our separate ways that we might be different people as a result of hearing your word and that today we would admit our weakness we would choose to be connected with you and we would seek your way through faith so that your power will show up we ask this in Jesus name Amen